As we continue our beloved series, our scripture reading this morning is from the fourth chapter of Luke's gospel. And we begin reading there in verse 14. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, the word of the Lord. Please be seated. I apologize if, you, uh, if you've heard me share this story before, but just about every time that I read this passage about Jesus in his hometown synagogue, reading scripture and, and then preaching, I'm reminded of the one and the only time that I went back to my hometown, Rapid City, and read scripture and preached. I was in seminary and I was on internship and my, my brother got married and so I went back to Rapid and the church that had adopted me, Calvary Lutheran Church, invited me to preach. And so I preached and after the service was done, I was in the, in the narthex and this woman came up to me. Ruth, Ruth Winter is her name, and she came up and she shook my hand and with tears in her eyes she looked at me and said, and Jeff, you were such a naughty little boy. (laughs) She spoke the truth. Beloved people of God, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This time of year, I don't know if you've noticed, but there is uh, lots of, uh, Harley, could I ask you, could you turn the monitor down? I'm echoing through the monitor back here and it's distracting me. This time of year, there is a little bit of talk about politics, right? Have you noticed that? And people are giving speeches, like, Governor Noam gave the State of the State Address not too long ago. And I've heard that uh, President Trump might be giving a State of the Union speech if the battling in Washington gets straightened out. Well, I mention that because many folks have lifted up this passage of Scripture and Jesus in the synagogue in Nazareth, and they've pointed to it and they've said, This can be understood as Jesus' inauguration speech. This is the first public speech that Jesus gives in Luke's gospel, and he kind of sets out 
he sets out his agenda. He sets out what, he's, what his ministry is going to be about. And to do that, Jesus takes the scroll and he turns to the prophet Isaiah and he reads from Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now if you would actually flip back to Isaiah and see where he reads from the 61st chapter, you'll notice that what's in Isaiah is a little bit different. I'll let you see what Luke tells us on the screen and listen from Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. To let the oppressed go free, you have to turn back a couple chapters where Isaiah talks about letting the oppressed go free and sharing your bread with the hungry and bringing the homeless poor into your house, covering the naked. And then Isaiah 61 that Jesus is quoting from says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and that's where Jesus stop, stops. But Isaiah goes on and says, and the day of vengeance of our God Interesting, Jesus stops before vengeance of our God. I don't know why, but I just invite you to think about that as Jesus is kind of setting out his mission, sharing what he is going to be all about. And then he says, this is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus, the beloved hometown boy, comes back to Nazareth and reaches back to Isaiah and sets out this agenda, this mission for what he is going to be all about. The Spirit is upon me, he says. And indeed, perhaps you recall how just a few chapters earlier, two weeks ago in worship, we heard about Jesus' baptism. And how when Jesus was baptized and he came up out of the water, how the Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And then this voice proclaimed, You are my Son, the Beloved. The Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And indeed the Spirit is upon him. And God is up to that, that very stuff that God has been up to since the beginning when the Spirit moved over the waters in creation, God is continuing that in Jesus. And I invite you to watch Jesus and to see the way that he lives this out, the way that he does bring good news to the poor, the way that he brings release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus, in his inauguration address, shares with all of these people who don't feel so loved, he shares with them the good news that they indeed are beloved. And Jesus also does this for you. For you, beloved child of God. 
when you feel poor, perhaps economically poor, perhaps poor in other ways, Jesus comes and brings good news to you. When you feel like you're captive, captive to sin, as we confessed just a few moments ago, Jesus comes to bring release to you, forgiveness to you. When you are blind, when you are stuck in your life and you can't see a way forward, Jesus comes to give you a vision for a new future. When you are blind to your neighbors in need, Jesus opens your eyes so that you notice them and you recognize ways that you can make a difference in their lives. Jesus comes and proclaims the Lord's favor for you, for you, beloved child of God. And there's more. There's more. Much like with Jesus and much like we'll celebrate with Grayson in his baptism, that the Spirit is upon him, so too the Spirit is on you. And that Spirit anoints you, anoints you to join in that work that God's been up to from the beginning, that work that God is doing in Jesus. For God is at work in you, beloved child of God, to bring good news, to bring release, to help others to see, to let the oppressed go free. As I've been thinking about this passage and preparing for this message, I ran across this poem. It's called The Work of Christmas. The Work of Christmas. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoners, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart. Beloved people of God, the work of Christmas, the work of Christ, the anointed one, the work of us as Christian people, as beloved children of God. Throughout this season, we've had this beloved sign here, and we've been invited you at different times to write different things on there. And today, during the offering, if you would like to write on there a concrete way that, that you see this happening, that you see the work of Christmas being done out in the world, or a way that you feel called to share in that work of Christmas, of Christians, that you can just write it there on the board as an offering. To bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart. Back in Rapid City, that woman Ruth who so accurately described me, her whole family were musicians. Her son, my friend, played the trumpet. 
His sister played the French horn. Her husband, Milo, was the band director for years at Stevens High School, and they won awards all the time. They made lots of music. Lots of music. And Jeff, you were such a naughty little boy. And yet, yet God still makes music in naughty little boys like me. You might think that you are just a naughty little boy or a naughty little girl. And you are. Just saying. And yet God makes music in you as well. God makes music in you as well. When I was a teenager, there was a brand new song that came out. And uh, a couple of my confirmation classmates sang that song as part of my confirmation service back at Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church. And it's a song that, uh, that sets to music God's story that sets to music God's care for the hungry and the broken and then invites us to join and make music with our lives. It was a brand new song back then in the old days and it's one that is familiar to many. And so I invite you, I invite you to join me, beloved people of God, in making music as we stand And as we sing together, here I am, Lord.